Section forty-four of *The Dream of the Red Chamber*, Book Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Yu Qing in Singapore. *The Dream of the Red Chamber*, Book Two, by Cao Xueqing, translated by Henry Bancroft Jolly. Chapter forty-seven, Part One. An idiotic bully tries to be lewd and comes in for a sound thrashing. A cold-hearted fellow is prompted by a dread of trouble to betake himself to a strange place. As soon as Madame Wang, so runs our narrative, heard of Madame Xing's arrival, she quickly went out to welcome her. Madame Xing was not yet aware that Dowager Lady Jia had learned everything connected with Yun Yang's affair, and she was coming again to see which way the wind blew. The moment, however, she stepped inside the courtyard entrance, several matrons promptly explained to her, quite confidentially, that their road mistress had been told all only a few minutes back, and she meant to retrace her steps. But she saw that every inmate in the suite of rooms was already conscious of her presence. When she caught sight, besides, of Madame Wang walking out to meet her, she had no option but to enter. First and foremost, she paid her respects to Dowager Lady Jia, but Dowager Lady Jia did not address her a single remark, so she felt within herself smitten with shame and remorse. Lady Feng soon gave something or other as an excuse and withdrew. Yin Yang then returned, also quite alone, to her chamber to give vent to her resentment, and Mrs. Xu, Madame Wang, and the other inmates, one by one, retired in like manner. For fear of putting Madame Xing out of countenance, Madame Xing, however, could not muster courage to beat a retreat. Dowager Lady Jia noticed that there was no one but themselves in her apartments. "I hear," she remarked, "that you had come to play the part of a go-between for your lord and master. You can very well observe the three obediences and four virtues, but this softness of yours is a work of supererogation." You people have also got now a whole lot of grandchildren and sons. Do you still live in fear and trembling lest he should put his monkey up? Rumor has it that you yet let that disposition of your husbands run riot. Madame Xing's whole face got suffused with blushes. I advised him time and again, she explained, but he wouldn't listen to me. How is it, venerable senior, that you don't yet know that he turns a deaf ear to me? That's why I had no choice in the matter. Would you go and kill anyone? Dowager Lady Zhao asked, that he might instigate you to. But consider now, your brother's wife is naturally a quiet sort of person, and is born with many ailments. But is there anything, whether large or small, that she doesn't go to the trouble of looking after? And notwithstanding that that daughter-in-law of yours lends her helping hand, she is daily so busy that she no sooner puts down the pick than she has to take up the broom. So busy that I have myself now curtailed a hundred and one things. But whenever there's anything, those who can't manage, there's Yuan to come to their assistance. She is, it's true, a mere child, but nevertheless very careful, and knows how to concern herself about my affairs a bit, indenting for anything that needs to be indented, and avail herself of an opportunity to tell them to supply every requisite. 
when Yuen Yang not the kind of girl she is, how could those two ladies not neglect a whole or part of those matters, both important as well as unimportant, connected with the inner and outer quarters? Would I not at present have to worry my own mind, instead of leaving things to others? Why, I'd daily have to wreck my brain and go and ask them to give me whatever I might need. Of those girls who have come to my quarters, and those who have gone, there only remains this single one. She is, besides other respects, somewhat older than years, and has as well a slight conception of my ways of doing things, and of my tastes. In the second place, she has managed to win her mistress's hearts, for she never tried to extort aught from me, or to done this lady for clothes, or that one for money. Hence, it is that beginning from your sister-in-law and daughter-in-law down to the servants in the house, irrespective of old and or young. There isn't a soul who doesn't readily believe every single word she says in anything, no matter what it is. Not only do I thus have someone upon whom I can rely, but your young sister-in-law and your daughter-in-law are both as well spared as much trouble. With a person such as this by me, should even my daughter-in-law and granddaughter-in-law not have the time to think of anything, I am not left without it, nor am I given occasion to get my temper ruffled. But were she now to go, what kind of a creature would they come up again to press into my service? Were you even to bring me a person made of real pearls, she'd be of no use, if she doesn't know how to speak. I was just about to send someone to go and explain to your husband that I've got money in here enough to buy any girl she fancies, and to tell him that he's at liberty to give her purchase from eight to ten thousand tails. That, if he has set his heart upon this girl, he can't, however, have her, and that by leaving her behind to attend to me during the few years to come, it will be just the same as if he tried to acquit himself of his filial duties by waiting upon me day and night. So you will come at a very opportune moment. Were you therefore to go yourself at once and deliver him my message, it will answer the purpose far better. These words over, she called the servants. Go, she said, and asked Mrs. Xu and her young mistresses to come. We were in the middle of a chat full of zest, and how is it they've all dispersed? The waiting maids immediately assented and left to go in search of their mistresses, one and all of whom promptly re-entered her apartments, with the sole exception of Mrs. Xu. I've only now returned, she observed to the waiting maid, and what shall I go again for? Just tell her that I'm fast asleep. Dear Mrs. Xue, the waiting maid pleaded, my worthy senior, I wrote to mistress, will get angry. If you, a venerable lady, don't appear, nothing will appease her, so do it for the love of us. Should you object to walking, why, I'm quite ready to carry you on my back. You little imp, Mrs. Xue laughed, what are you afraid of? All shall do will be to coach you a little, and you'll all be over soon. While replying, she felt that she had no cause but to retrace her footsteps in company with the waiting maid. Dowager Lady Jan at once motioned her into a seat. Let's have a game of cards, she then smilingly proposed. You, Mrs. Xu, are not a good hand at them, so let's sit together and see that Lady Feng doesn't cheat us. Quite so, laughed Mrs. Xu, but it will be well if your venerable ladyship 
which look over my hand a bit. Are we four ladies to play, or are we to add one or two more persons to our number? Naturally, only four, Madame Wan smiled. Were one more player let in, Lady Feng interposed, it would be merrier. Call Yuan Yang here, old Lady Jia suggested, and make her take the slower seat, for as Mrs. Xue's eyesight is rather dim, we'll charge her to look over our two hands a bit. You girls know how to read and write, Lady Feng remarked with a smile, addressing herself to Tan Chun. But why don't you learn fortune-telling? This is again strange, Tan Chun exclaimed. Instead of bracing up your energies now to rook some money out of our venerable senior, you turn your thoughts to fortune-telling. I was just wishing to consult the fates, Lady Feng proceeded, as to how much I shall lose today. Can I ever dream of winning? Why, look here, we haven't commenced playing, and they have placed themselves in ambush on the left and right. This remark amused Dowager Lady Jia and Mrs. Xu, but presently Yuan Yang arrived and seated herself below her old mistress. After Yuan Yang sat Lady Feng, the red cloth was then spread, the cards were shuffled, the dealer was decided upon, and the quintet began to play. After the game had gone on for a time, Yuan Yang noticed that Dowager Lady Jia had a full hand and was only waiting for one two-spotted card, and she made a secret sign to Lady Feng. Lady Feng was about to lead, but purposely lingered for a few moments. This card will, for certainty, be snatched when Mrs. Xue, she smiled. Yet if I don't play this one, I won't be able later to come out with what I want. I haven't got any cards you want in my hand, Mrs. Xue remarked. I mean to see by and by, Lady Feng resumed. You are at liberty to see, Mrs. Xue said, but go on, play now. Let me look at what hard it is. Lady Feng threw the card in front of Mrs. Xue. At a glance, Mrs. Xue perceived that it was the two spot. I don't fancy this card, she smiled. What I fear is that our dear senior will get a full hand. I've played wrong, Lady Feng laughingly exclaimed at these words. Dowager Lady Jia laughed and throwing down her card. If you dare, she shouted, take it back. Who told you to play the wrong card? Didn't I want to have my fortune told? Lady Feng observed. I played this card of my own accord, so there's no one with whom I can find fault. You should then beat your own lips and punish your own self. It's only fair, old Lady Zhao remarked. Then facing Mrs. Xu, I'm not a niggard, fond of winning money, she went on to say, but it was my good luck. Don't we too think as much? Mrs. Xu smiled. Who's there stupid enough to say that your venerable ladyship's heart is set upon money? Lady Feng was busy counting the cash, but catching what was said, she restrung them without delay. I've got my share, she said, laughingly to the company. It isn't at all that you wish to win. It's your good luck that made you come out a winner. But as for me, I'm really a mean creature and as I managed to lose, I count the money and put it away at once. Dowager Lady Jai usually made Yuan Yang shuffle the cards for her, but being engaged in chatting and joking with Mrs. Xu, she did not notice Yuan Yang take them in hand. Why is it you're so huffed? Old Lady Jia asked, that you don't even shuffle for me. Lady Feng won't let me have the money, Yuan Yang replied, picking up the cards. 
if she doesn't give the money the older lady Chao observed it will be a turning point in her luck take that string of a thousand catch of hers she accordingly directed a servant and bring it bodily over here a young waiting-maid actually fetched the string of cash and deposited it by the side of her road to mistress let me have them lady fang eagerly cried smiling and i'll square all that's due and finish in very truth lady fang you are a miserly creature mrs Zhu laughed it's simply for mere fun nothing more lady fang at this insinuation speedily stood up and laying her hand on mrs Zhu, she turned her head round and pointed at a large wooden box in which old lady Jia usually deposit her money aunt she said a smile curling her lips look here i couldn't tell you how much there is in that box that was won from me this diao will be wheedled by the cash in it before we've played for half an hour all we've got to do is to give them sufficient time to lure the string in as well we needn't trouble to touch the cards your temper worthy ancestor will thus calm down if you also got any legitimate thing for me to do you might bid me go and attend to it this joke had scarcely been concluded then it evoked incessant laughter from dowager lady Jia and everyone else but while she was bandying words ping er happened to bring her another string of cash prompted by the apprehension that her capital might not suffice to meet her wants it's useless putting them in front of me lady feng cried place these two over there by our lady and let them be wheedled in along with the others it will thus save trouble as there won't be any need to make two jobs of them to the inconvenience of the cat already in the box dowager lady Jia had a hearty laugh so much so that the cards she held in her hand flew all over the table but pushing me young be quick she shouted and wrench that mouth of hers ping er placed the cash according to her mistress's directions but after indulging too in a laughter for a time she retraced her footsteps on reaching the entrance into the court she met Jia Lian. where's your madam xing he inquired mr Jia told me to ask her to go round she's been standing in there with our old mistress ping er hastily laughed for ever so long and yet she isn't inclined to budge seize the earliest opportunity you can get to wash your hands clean of this business our old lady has had a good long fit of fuming and raging luckily our lady secunda cracked an endless stock of jokes so she at length got a bit calmer i'll go over jellian said all i have to do is to find out our venerable senior's wishes as to whether she means to go to Laida's house on the fourteenth so that i might have time to get the chairs ready as i'll be able to tell madame Singh to return and have a share of the fun won't it be well for me to go my idea is ping er suggested laughingly that you shouldn't put your foot in there every one even up to madame wang and pao yu have alike received a rap on the knuckles and are you also going now to fill up the gap everything is over long ago Ling observed and can it be that she'll cap the whole thing by blowing me up too what's more it's no concern of mine in the next place mr Jia enjoined me that i was to go in person and ask his wife round so if i at present depute someone else and he comes to know about it he really won't feel in a pleasant mood and he'll take advantage of these pretexts to give vent to his bite on me these words over 
he quickly marched off and ping er was so impressed with the reasonableness of his arguments that she followed in his track as soon as Dalian reached the reception hall he trod with a light step then peeping in he saw madame xing standing inside lady fern with her eagle eye was the first to spy him but she winked at him and dissuaded him from coming in and next gave a wink to madame xing madame xing could not conveniently get away at once and she had to pour a cup of tea and place it in front of dowager lady Jia. but old lady Jia jerked suddenly round and took dalian at such a disadvantage that he found it difficult to beat a retreat who's outside exclaimed old lady Jia. it seems to me as if some servant boy had poked his head in lady feng sprang to her feet without delay i also she interposed indistinctly noticed the shadow of someone saying this she walked away and quitted the room Dalian entered with hasty step forcing a smile i wanted to ask he remarked whether you venerable senior are going out on the fourteenth so that the chairs may be got ready in that case dowager lady jara rejoined why didn't you come straight in but behaved again in that mysterious way i saw that you were playing at cards dear ancestor Dalian explained with a strained laugh and i didn't venture to come and disturb you i therefore simply meant to call my wife out to find out from her is it anything so very urgent that you had to say it in this very moment old lady Jia continued had you waited until she had gone home couldn't you have asked her any amount of questions you may have liked when have you been so full of zeal before i'm puzzled to know whether it isn't as an eavesdropping spirit that you appear on the scene nor can i say whether you don't come as a spy but that impish way of yours gave me quite a start what a low-bred fellow you are your wife will play at cards with me for a good long while more so you'd better bundle yourself home and conspire again with jar's wife how to do away with your better half her remarks evoked general merriment it's Baara's wife, Yuan Yang put in laughingly, and you, worthy senior, have dragged in again Jaar's wife. Yes, assented old lady Jia, likewise with a laugh. How could I remember whether he wasn't embracing her or carrying her on his back? The bare mention of these things makes me lose all self-control and provokes me to anger. Ever since I crossed these doors as a great-grandson's wife, I have never, during the whole of these fifty-four years, seen anything like these affairs. Albeit, it has been my share to go through great fries, great dangers, thousands of strange things, and a hundred and one remarkable occurrences. Don't you yet pack yourself off from my presence? Dalian could not muster courage to utter a single word to vindicate himself, but retired out of the room with all promptitude. Ping was standing outside the window. I gave you due warning in a gentle tone, but you wouldn't hear. You, after all, rushed into the very meshes of the net. These reproaches were still being heaped on him when he caught sight of Madame Singh, as she likewise made her appearance outside. My father, Dalin ventured, is at the bottom of all this trouble, and the whole blame now is shoved upon your shoulders as well as mine, mother i'll take you you unfilial thing and madame xing shouted people lay down their lives for their fathers and you're prompted by a few harmless remarks to murmur against heaven and grumble against earth once you behave in a proper manner 
He's in high dudgeon these last few days, so mind he doesn't give you a pounding. Mother, cross over at once, Dalian urged, for he told me to come and ask you to go a long time ago. Pressing his mother, he escorted her outside as far as the other part of the mansion. Madame Singh gave her husband nothing beyond a general outline of all that has been recently said, but Mr. Jia found himself deprived of the means of furthering his ends. Indeed, so stricken with sea, with shame that from that day he pleaded illness, and so little able was he to rally sufficient pluck to face old Lady Jia that he merely commissioned Madame Singh and Dalian to go daily and pay their respects to her on his behalf. He had no help too, but to dispatch servants all over the place to make every possible search and inquiry for a suitable cocking by for him. After a long time, they succeeded in purchasing for the sum of eighty taels, a girl of seventeen years of age, Yang Hong by name, whom he introduced as a secondary wife into his household. End of section forty four. Recording by Sao Yuqing in Singapore.